All right. Episode eight. Uh, I finally remembered what number we're on. Uh, <laughs> episode eight. Um, Andrew, we got Andrew back, man. Welcome back, Andrew, after a big win at OSG. Uh, you know, huge congratulations. Um, we're going to get into all that. Uh, I kind of gave you a, a little heads up before. Yep. Uh, we're going to, I think we're going to kind of stick with this. Uh, maybe try to make a tradition out of this. It was a lot of fun last week with Kambi. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of trivia. See, see if you know our shit and, and moving forward, if our guests know their shit about Strongman. Um, today, John's going to actually ask the questions. He hasn't told me mm -hmm. what any of them are. So if you can't get it, um, we'll see if I can. Um, and I'll probably just make an ass of myself because I don't know anything about anything. So, <laughs> can we get them all right? Am I trying to beat Camby? <laughs> no, no. So I think we. I think we're. Is there money on the line? We actually no. <laughs> someday, <laughs> hopefully, man, that would be amazing. You know, I keep like I think about. Um, I don't know if you ever listened to uh, Liquid Metal on a Sirius XM, but they have Into the Trivia Pit, and um, dude, it's amazing. Uh, and I would love to do something kind of similar. You know our own thing, but trivia for strongman. It would be amazing. Um, have people call in and stuff, but you know, we'll, maybe someday we'll get there. But anyway, Camby, you know, we went. I, I gave Camby some pretty hard questions, to be fair. <laughs> so my my questions are significantly easier because I didn't have much time to put them together. So cool. Man. Well, well, I'll just hand it over to you, John. Yeah. So starting off, which country has hosted World Strongest Man the most? I mean, it should be United States. I mean, the first three or four years it was. Um, That's good. Yeah, right? It is the United States, yeah, right? It's, it's right. And following up on that, which two countries have had the most wins for their nation or produced the most winners? Uh, it should be Iceland and the, and the United States. Yeah. We've had 12 wins for the U.S. and nine for Iceland. Nice. Oh, okay. So one of so so I don't mean to interrupt it, but one of the things I always think of is is do you guys know what or who the world who the world trans man was the year they were born? So I'm young enough to be able to have that happen. Uh, Bill Wilman. Okay, so you know yours. What about you, John? I do not know mine. What is yours? Ted Pierre Vandepar or whatever. How are you it? The guy who's really tall, like seven one, seven two. He was he beat. Magnus for Magnuson in Iceland with the Husvelt stone drop he had. It's the only year he won, and now he literally lives off welfare. Oh, wow. no. Like, just a full circle. Like, you can be a world trans man, and you beat the best, and then, yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, Iceland. No, I, 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 I would have got your, your question wrong, though, John. I would have said Iceland and UK, but, you know. Yeah. So, the United States. Well, pretty soon the UK will catch up if they keep changing the events for them. Eddie Hall's back. Eddie Hall's back. Yeah, it does like so, what? Viking press. <laughs> yeah, the the year yeah. that I was born, the winner was John Paul Singerson. Which, yeah, nice. This is my next one. How old was he when he passed away and what was he doing? I think he was 31. He was in the gym. It was a... a I believe it was actually squatting. I don't think it was deadlift. I think it was squatting, and it was a heart what, aneurysm or whatever. Pretty sure he was 31. He He's not much older than I am now. I know that. So you're very close. 
I'll give Darren one chance. You're you know, right all, there. All, all, all the all the rock stars die at 28, so I'm going to 28. <laughs> no, 32. So he's 32. He's my age. So that's the crazy part is that he won the year I was born in that. Yeah. yeah. I knew he was young, but I didn't know, you know. And the, no the lore says deadlifting with an aortic heart failure, but I suspect he was in the gym and probably most people would be like, oh, he died deadlifting. Because that would be classic. If if I was his training partner, I would have to lie for him and say deadlifting. Like if he was doing like bicep curls and all of a sudden something happened, like like load the deadlift bar and then call EMS. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's one of those things. You just, <laughs> as a good training partner, that's what you do. I mean, I, I don't want to go out on a accessory exercise like load something up heavy and then call them. True. Yeah, you got to put, you gotta put the, on the, bar. the barbell so they go to Valhalla too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, which, um. So here's a nice side one. Martins Lisi's, where was he born and what was his home nation before moving here? Uh, Latvia, right? Yes. And he was born there, but he immigrated like fairly young. I think he was like 10 or 12. And he, I believe he's represented both the home nation and the United States in World Strongest Man. He's one of multiple athletes to have done that to be under two different flags in World Trans Man. Yeah. And here's a nice simple one. Which brothers have made it to the world's strongest man finals? Which brothers? Just just yeah. the statements? That's it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just yeah. them. And here's a nice quick one. I want see. the Hodge brother. The Hodge brothers would be great. Yeah. I have six brothers myself, and I always thought that'd be pretty cool. Oh, wow. Have, yeah. Cool. Unfortunately, I'm going to take a strong man like me, but Man, that that'd be sick to just. I also like the Cotton Brothers too. I, I shouldn't leave them out. Definitely yeah. the Cotton Brothers are up there. So it's a good one. Yeah. So and here's a nice one that you guys can both pitch in is who were the winners starting 2012 to now the past ten years? If you can list all the winners, if you could do it chronologically, that would be even more impressive. Cool. I know I can list all of them. But chronologically, it's a little harder. 2012. Yeah. That was. Oh, shoot. That was Big Z, right? No, wait. Big Z won yeah. 9 10. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Oh. Big Z won 9 10, then Shaw, and then Big Z. So then it was Shaw again in 13. Mm -hmm. Then Big Z in 14. And then Shaw in 15 and 16. Then Eddie Hall in 17. And then 18 was uh, Thor, and then Martins, and then 2020 was Novikov, and then it was Tom Stoltman twice, right? Yeah, that's perfect. You got yeah. them. That's real good. Dude, you know your shit, dude. Yeah. And that's I mean, what can I, 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 I mean, I've watched the reruns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably could go back a little bit further. I just have to, like, get, like, those anchor – ones like i know 2009 because you know pe hopefully everybody knows there used to be another federation ifsa but i don't think everybody does so like they said uh at osg they announced and, and aaron west knows a lot of stuff and he's saying so much accurate stuff but you know something small slips in there but i think it was aaron it might have been someone else said something about big g big z winning and and uh, how many titles he had and something about never being beaten or never being something something but like Varys chuck beat him at both ifsa and world's strongest man 
And people don't ever really talk about him because he got hurt. He had a back injury coming like all the track and field. That was always like his like Achilles heel was like his back. So he was like speed, power, explosive, like all over. Um, so 2009 is a good anchor point when you look at strongmen because that's when they allowed Ifsa back, you know, Poundstone or Meyer. Um, and then yeah, going back, you have like Phil Fish, Phil Fister in 2006. And then the, and Marius would have been around there. Um, and then you go back further, you have like 2002 would have been a good anchor, I think. 2002, I think, was Marius won and Marunde got second. I think that's an I think that's an anchor. And then like I know my birthday, so 92. So like you just kind of like I just like work back around those and then kind of fill in the blanks. That's crazy. You Gary Taylor is 93. I think Gary going Taylor. back 20 years would be too far. But well, yeah, I mean, you if you've been it. doing the sport for over 10, I mean, you know, people say they're in the sport, but then it's like you don't even know about the history of the sport. Like I'm young, I'm relatively young, but it's like, goodness, have you not rewatched every world's strongest man like 20 times yet? Like right. I mean, you know, all the injuries, you know, all the stuff like that. I just think it's something people should do. It's literally on YouTube for free. It's like that's you go there, you click it, and you just keep rolling it. And then you pause and that's it. That's why we want to do trivia. That's why we want to do strongman trivia because I agree with you. As athletes, we should also know our history. Yeah, 100%. And also, here's oh, one last trivia question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> who, who won OSG in two different weight classes? Oh, stop. <laughs> one of our favorite strongmen of all time. Well, I think uh, Andrew Clayton won in 2017. And then according to official Strongman Games Instagram, uh, someone else won 2018. I don't know who it was. Um, but then 2019 was Luke, Luke Richardson, the future. 2020 was COVID, uh, undefeated. Um, 2021 was Pablo, right? And then 2022, Spencer Remick, which he doesn't get enough credit. I mean, he's on the, been on the podium three times. I mean, just knocking at the door. So that was a good win for him. I'm, I'm really proud of him on that one. Oh, and then uh, 2017 in the Open was Trey Mitchell. Yeah. So, those, so there's a lot of big names like Trey, Luke, hopefully Spencer ends up in the finals. Like Pavo, like they, pretty much all of them are going to end up in the finals. Yes, yeah, Spencer uh, Rimmick, seeing him at World or the World Strongest Nation, that was neat seeing him. Yeah. There and everything, getting into Giants Live. Sure. It'll be good to see where he goes. And then Trey's just like, he's a beast. And his mobility is crazy too. Or just yeah, like he, the size, just like very well rounded. People discredit because he's not as like vocal of a, an athlete. I think that's really silly. It's unfortunate that personality has trumped and continues to trump the the abilities. Like like football players are mic'd. You know how they're mic'd now, but not all of them are. But there's so many players that are mic'd in football that you've never heard them even talk. But like you're fans of them playing football because of what they do on the field. But for some reason, in strongman, you can't be a fan of someone unless like you like how they act before or after the events like come on like the event itself is like the main entertainment like don't get me wrong i look for the camera sometimes too but it's that's not that's just icing on the cake and trey brings a a, a good cake i mean not his glutes but like you know performance <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was good everything awesome. Is that all the questions? That trivia yeah, is over. That's all the questions. Trivia is over. Um, seriously, yeah, dude, you know your shit. Uh, I know. I was, I was really impressed. You got the years. I was going through it. I was like, 
Because I could so name when, all of them. I just didn't know the years, like, exactly. So I don't know when, but when did they switch to the modern scoring system where they go, you know, from top down? Because for a while, they didn't score like that. What do you mean? So in 70, was it 78 the first year? So 77. I know, 77, I'm sorry. 77 and 78 was Bruce Bruce Wilhelm. He right, won. Yeah, I call him Bill. Yeah, Bruce Wilhelm. Yeah. Dumb, uh, dumb mistake. Uh, he won, and the scoring system was like 10, 7, 5, 3, 1. And so then when you – so then it was even weirder because then when you tied, you'd have like um, – you could have like 3.75 points or like really weird splits because it wasn't like, you know, just – it was just weird numbers. But it also made certain places more valuable because you lost three points yeah. to get second, but only two to go from second to third. So if someone went back and actually rescored all the World of Strongest Mans based on the modern scoring system, I think a couple of podiums would have would have been switched up. So it, it just was a, a really weird. I mean, of course, and the judging was inconsistent in the events. But I'm saying like no one ever thinks about the scoring, and then also the heat structure has changed numerous times. And they had wild cards and 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 stuff like that. So when people say like the finals, it's it's interesting because some years it was like much easier to get to the finals. Other years it was harder, and then. And then the scoring affected being like really dominant. Like Bill Kazmaier in a couple of his, it's just because he was so dominant on so many events, but he made mistakes on other ones. And on modern scoring, I don't know because I haven't checked it, but he might not have like dominated as much on overall shows because of that. It, it paid to be better at four events and be, you know, mediocre at three than it was to be consistent at the whole show. Sure. sure. Well, they had, they had also an opportunity though too, to train the events because, you know, Strongman kind of started out very, you know, right. uh, kind of surprise. These are your events. Nobody really had the means to to train or, you know, or the uh, the know know how or know what the events were to train them. So that's definitely something that's changed. Yeah, I mean, sports have evolved dramatically from where it started. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, now people can ask the promoter to change the event for them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that should never never oh, happen. <laughs> Uh, pays to have friends in high places. Politics, man. Politics ruined everything. Yeah. I mean, I still play the card of what my dad told me, just go there and compete and beat everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just dude. dominate. Dude, <laughs> that's what Lord. you did, man. You absolutely dominated. Uh, I mean, your speed, uh, strength. I mean, we're just through the wolf. I, it's very rare, I think, that we get the opportunity to see an athlete, um, you know, win by such a a – spread in points as you did i mean going into that last event i mean you didn't hypothetically even need to do it and you went in and won it anyway which is insanely impressive man yeah i mean i i came ready i mean you know i i mean this is the podcast of opinions but also the, having facts or evidence or whatever but like uh you know i went there in 2021 after doing bodybuilding like 290 pounds and it was just like tough to watch it. i mean eventually i want to come back to open I don't know when. I mean, I don't plan to like leave the sport. Um, but yeah, after seeing like the highlight reels and some people coming out and just being like, you know what, like I really need to like leave the 105 class like in a good way. And there's more money and more clout and editing. Like there, there's like almost nothing from when I won the first time. So it was nice to like redo it. Um, obviously, there not everybody was there that I wanted to beat, and a lot of people got sick. I mean. I know you couldn't make the trip and, you yeah. know, it's like, I never, how do I put it? I never want to be a not become, I want to compete against everyone. And it's impossible. I mean, there's people around the world that can't come because it's in the, it's in the U S 
but I right. think you know, like heart of hearts, I just want to be one of the top Americans. So it's funny how you can be in a world title and then somehow still not be a top American. Um, so that's where it's frustrating because by no means am I the best in the world because uh, I've only competed in OSG. I haven't competed internationally as 105. And there's like right. Isaac Mays, Emmanuel in what, Australia. Uh, all Emmanuel the Russians, Austria. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot of European stuff that just don't come over. So by no means am I ever going to claim to be like, yeah, I won the title that has World Strongest Man in it, but I'm just trying to be the, one of the best Americans ever. Is like my, right. is what I want to do. We and definitely that proved that. You definitely proved that. Uh, <laughs> Someone from the podcast is going to win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what we were saying. Someone from the podcast had to win. That's what I was oh, telling okay. Darren. I was like, someone has to. So Andrew's doing it. It's funny because people actually asked me, they were like, how many stones do you think Andrew's going to do? Because he doesn't need to do the stones. I was like, he's going to do all six. Like he's going to do one, That last one I'm so mad about. I can't even tell you. Like I picked it up and I, I guess I just didn't pull it enough. Like I didn't pull it high enough. And I don't, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I was a little, a little beat up in, in the knees and like, you know, you're a little tired, but. Attack, he felt good. The height's nothing. I think it was like 48 at the end. I knew I would have the extension. The 375 felt great. It's only a little bit like slower out of the lap, but I'm just like shocked I didn't get that last stone. I mean, I was actually probably more pissed about that than almost anything. I was like kind of okay with, with the Viking press getting second place. Um, there are a lot of factors that affected that, but even if I had done my best, I would have gained a half point or a point. You know, that, that didn't really bother me, but the stones just bothers me because. I haven't finished the stones at OSG and, and I'm, I like to think I'm a really good stone loader for medleys and uh, it's not a very heavy last stone. It's just, I guess, fatigue. And um, it does throw off your pacing when all the stones are stuck to the ground because uh, of the tacky. And I know what to do. I know to bring a block of chalk out and put, put the chalk down underneath and roll it back over, but they made it seem like we weren't going to have time. So I didn't do that, but then we ended up having time. So I should have gone ahead and done it as they were unloading it. And then I probably would have gotten a little bit better flow. And I think that flow would have helped me again, that last stone and really just like rip it past my knees. And then I would have, you know, yeah. once it's lapped, I, I could have loaded it, but, but yeah. That's interesting. I've actually never heard that before putting chalk under the stone. Um, that's a first for me. Not all the years yeah. I've been here. I've never heard that before. That's so a I've pretty good smart. I've got to dedicate that to actually Scott Helms. He passed away a couple of years ago, but uh, he told me at a show in, in Central Georgia, I think it was Central Georgia 2011, Wesley Claiborne was there too. Um, a lot of people's tacky was getting really warm and they didn't put it like, you know, it just gets to be like oil because that was the right. first spider tag. And he said, yeah, if that ever happens to you, like during the run, like you're on the run and like, you're like, oh crap, my tacky's useless. He said, just grab a block of chalk and break it up. It'll just neutralize the tacky. Yeah, you won't have tacky, but like at least you won't be like oiled up. Right. I remember that. So I put chalk in places like I put it on my thighs a little bit just so as I roll the stone, I won't get stuck on my thighs. Um, because that's something I see too, is it gets stuck. Like I I 3M spray my pants down to my leg so 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 they never come up. And then I put a light layer of chalk. But yeah, he told me that and he actually told me uh I did a stone medley up there because I, I just want to give him credit because you know he's not with us anymore. But I, I did this great stone medley, it was one of the best ones I ever did as an amateur, but I pushed away from the last on the last platform and it went on and so i'm jumping around he's like hey that's not how you load the last stone and i was like man shut up like i just did a great stone run like just be you know but like he was always about getting like the best out of every you know doing it the right way i can't right. tell you how many people i've taught that technique of lean into the last stone and you know eyes up lean in you know hit the platform with your chest and i've i don't think i've ever missed or no i've missed like one in africa when we were doing like 485 where i hit the lip but i've made every stone i've ever loaded other than that 
that's touched the whip. I think it's a lot because of what I learned yeah. from you know, people you don't hear about. Those are OGs of the sport that are telling you Absolutely. tips. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's so many little tips and, and tricks that that uh, I think a lot of people just, they don't know. I mean, um, things things get lost, like you said, with the OGs. The OGs, you know, pass on or, you know, or out of the sport, you retire, you know, don't really have a lot to do with the sport anymore. And there's so much so much good information for you know that 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 new athletes or even old athletes obviously uh you know don't get exposed to as as much as you know we, they probably should so man that's a that's a good tip man i've never i'm gonna use that in the future now yeah some people might say you're being a jerk because like if you get chalk on the stone obviously that affects the stone's ability to have things stick but like at the same time it's like how much is a little bit of chalk on like one you know, a one by one inch, you know, the only a tiny part of the stone is touching the ground. Like right. How is that going to affect the next person? Very minimally. Right. Very, exactly. I'm not doing yeah. it maliciously. I'm, I'm not going out there and like purposely putting chalk on the stone to prevent the next person. I'm doing right. it so I can lift the stone. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's amazing, man. Um, so, so, um, you know, I know people probably want to know more about, um, you know, maybe a little bit about your training uh, going into to this, you know, into OSG, you know, mind, mindset. I know you're big on mindset, um, visualization and whatnot. You know, you had that sign behind your in your garage, you know, your whole training cycle. Um, I don't know. Why, yeah, why don't you share something? Where do I have it? Oh, yeah, I have it over here on the shelf. Yeah, I actually hit the sign every time I did a set. Like every time nice. I did a work set, I, I would tap the sign twice and then I did the work set. So it's a very much a constant reminder. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like training by myself. It's consistent. I think we talked about that on the last podcast. I, but then just just making those cues, man. I came back with that sign from uh, uh, from Clash in Denver, and I just kept yeah. that taped on the wall. And that's a one dollar motivate, you know, motiv- motivation tool. It was never late. It never texted me. Oh, sorry, you know, I have to go on a date with my girlfriend. I can't come train with you. Or oh, sorry, I gotta let the dog out. Or oh, I don't really feel like training. That the that sign was there every day, being like, "F you," like it's time to go. So. I mean, oh, yeah. I think people need to have those types of, of things hanging around them and reminding them, like, you know, it's time to go to work. It's time to get it done. Yeah. I need to do more of that. I'm, I'm really bad about, like, I don't know. Uh, I can train by myself. Like, I, you know, I've I trained by myself for a really long time. I mean, I kind of same with you. It's hard to find training partners that are as committed or, you know, that, you, you know, you get the logistics together and get everybody together at the same time every day of training so yeah i'm with you on that i i don't mind training i mean i train alone even at the gym that i train at i'm just around people right um yeah i I, you know i need to get better with um kind of having that i I don't know what you want to call it is it kind of like affirming visualization or whatever (laughs) i'm just making up words but you know to have that kind of motivation like right there always written like you're seeing it every day like there's a there's a purpose behind why i'm training um right there's a goal like at the end of at the end of the tunnel i mean you put out your mirror right i mean i right. I, mean, I put world strongest man 105 on my mirror i just uh always put the captions on instagram over top of it so no one saw it i mean you know it's just like i mean i mean i like like i i think i'm my best motivator and i'm also like my worst enemy you know like i'm the person that's going to motivate me the most and i'm and i'm the person that's going to be like you know you suck the most um you know that's why having a good coach that always always preaches up the side of like you know you're awesome, you know. So I work with Mike Westerling, you know, that helped a lot with motivation because I've never gotten a text where Mike's like, Yeah, I don't think you can do that. Like you gotta be realistic. You right. know, it was always like if if I was like, Yeah, I don't know if I can run that medley under 25, he's like, you know, you're the best at XYZ. I'm like, 
oh whatever he's like no just just go do what you do and it's gonna be there and i'm like all right i guess we'll do what we do so i i think it's it's so it's so many facets and i you know i still try to understand it myself and and i don't want to get cocky like i'm like that special because there's plenty of athletes that know how to have a good mindset but it is interesting once you start having success it becomes kind of a habit so you forget that at one time you were kind of working on it you know what i mean like five or six times a day, I don't even like think about it. Like, oh, it's two hours later, I eat again. But like when I first started eating like that, it was a chore. I had to have a timer and, you know, I had to do stuff. So I think the motivation is, or the mindset stuff is kind of the same as like, at one point it was like really harping at, you know, write things in a journal about how, how you want to win and do this and that. And now mm -hmm. it's just like, I just wake up and I kind of know, you know, this is what I want to do. But I've also calmed down a lot. It's not like the only thing I think about, you know, I work, I kind of have a little bit more like life balance. Um, and I think I just, if for 105, I kind of rely on more uh, what I've done in the past. You know, if, if I bring what I've been able to bring in the past and I'm healthy, I think uh, just how the sport is, you know, the average is slowly creeping up, but the best is still closer than you think. I mean, records still last for a while. Like records might be broken, but that's not uh, a cumulative total in the show. So you could right. improve the deadlift by 5%, but that person who improved 5% of the deadlift did not improve 5% of the whole show. They improved like 0.5. So right. like for someone to come back and like, like I've been running a 900 pound yoke in like under 10 seconds for, you know, a long time. So for someone to creep up on that is going to take them a significant amount of improvement. So if I just do what I've done in the past, I should be, you know, pretty high placing. And that's kind of what I think OSG proved is just execute yeah. what we can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I found it interesting. Have you been working with Mike Westerling for a, for a long time? Or is yeah, so, I can, so Mike helped. So, so I went pro without working with a coach. I read some of Mike's articles, you know, he gave me, you know, either confirmed or gave me ideas. Uh, he, he reached out to me sometimes when I wasn't able to train his, you know, he, he's, he's just someone that's super helpful. Uh, these past couple of years, I've more consulted with him because I wasn't really sure where, where I would push in strongman. Um, you know, I handle some of my own rehab sometimes and, and he helps give input. But he's really the he's really the best coach of telling you like what is the minimum that you need to do, or a better way to put it, what is the priority? And I, I think that's what a lot of people forget is there's so much you can do, but it's what you need to do. And, and that's you know how I think of it is like yes. you pay for coaching and telling you what not to do. Like when you get close to your contest, you don't want a coach that tells you a you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You want to be like A, B, C, and then you're deloading. And that's yeah, how you yeah. for something you're trying you're, you're trying to be good at seven events, not seventy. So right. it it is a he he's really good at like that peak. There are a lot of coaches good at building a huge base, a lot of volume, a lot of work capacity, but the peak is exactly what happened. Sure. It was just good peak. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, my questioning has been around for for a really really long time. I think he's got you know a great pedigree. You know, I'm just kind of talking him up a little bit because I you know. Uh, I'm very aware of, uh, I mean, he's taken a lot of athletes a long way and yeah, dude, uh, I think it's having a good team behind you is, uh, is really important. I, I mean, he coached me and he also coached Spencer. So look at that. It's two yep. podiums. I, I think he might've, I'm pretty sure he's the only coach to have two podiums at OSG. And yeah. that doesn't even count. He had a couple other people place highly or be in the finals. I don't, I don't know all his, all his clients names and, and everybody, but yeah, he pretty much is, uh, that silent. You know he's he's not loud on Instagram, so he's just exactly that voice or reason in the back, and other coaches are going to come and go and be loud, and he's just going to he's going to still be there. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of, you put it very, very well. That's exactly my my thoughts on him is he's been around for a really, really long time. And he is, he's kind of like quiet, quiet voice behind the scenes and, and has a, has, has taken a lot of athletes a long way. Yeah, I think he deserves some, a little recognition for that. So, Absolutely. yeah, that's awesome. So, um, why don't you tell us a, a little bit? I mean, I know you had some uh, some topics you wanted to talk about too. Um, you know, if you want to. Oh no, <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, obviously, like being on the show is probably like for OSG because that was like a good comeback performance. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure everybody's already talking about like the hurricane event changes results. Uh, you know, overall, it's you know, it was really it was a really good show. It ran well. You know, once all the stuff was figured out, you know, obviously a lot of people can be difficult in some ways that plays to my advantage of knowing how to handle, you know, all the stressors and stuff and having a good team around me. You know, I have my dad, I had one of my clients and friend, Jonathan helped me out. I, I training partner, John helped me out and just knowing how to like outsource things and, you know, like just all the small things, they add up. And I think yeah. well, my team did a good job of managing that. Um, I guess that like, it's just, uh, there's like so much going on at OSG and it's just so, um, I'm trying to put this in a, like, obviously there's stuff that people are like, like, like don't know about. Like, obviously there's people who are favorites and there's people who get more interviews and more, more clout and stuff. And that's what you see on, on Instagram. And I know I would love it to be more evenly distributed. Yes. So that would be cool. It's hard though. And honestly, like a lot of the athletes there, we're doing it more for experience. You know, they're more to participate. So there's no way you're going to interview 400 or whatever the number ended up being 360 sure, sure. or whatever. Um, but it would have been nice to be a little bit more spread out with the, before the show interviews, uh, especially when I kind of knew what was going to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it was a good show. I really like OSG. I think it's a good format for me. Uh, I've talked about in the last podcast. I think it's like one of the least biased shows. Uh, the only bias, issue is, what do you mean like, like bias? Like, obviously, Lynn, Lynn is not going to – well, as the rules meeting showed, he was not going to be pressured in the change his rules. Sure. That's good. You know, there's no, like, yeah. somebody bullies their way in because they have more experience than Lynn and Strongman. Um, and that goes for any promoter. I've been at other, you know, amateur shows. You know, someone's like, we don't wear the – you know, we don't wear a deadlift suit because, you know, old school. And then somehow they bully everybody to take off a deadlift suit or vice versa or whatever. Right. 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 Um, so, yeah, you know – his integrity is good. He he picks yeah. events that are usually spread out. The only thing that was really missing, in my opinion, was like uh, some type of max, but that's not possible um, <clears throat> in that show format. Um, but yeah, I thought it was spread out, and I think it plays to the complete strongman, not the strongman that's good at like only a a fa like couple facets, you know. Right. Uh, of course, I'm biased because <laughs> I've, I've won it before, but you know, doing it three times, I think maybe it says something about either me or the show. So right. Uh, well, who's my train of thought? I need more caffeine, probably. Um, but yeah, I really like the show. I didn't think it was biased. The only thing I don't like is, unfortunately, for the Open, they still have this. Now they put it in an actual term called wild card. Basically, just means like whoever they like the most. Don't like that, um, even though it doesn't really affect my class. I know people are talking about like the 105 should get invite the world's strongest man. And uh, me being the winner, you'd think I would support that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just want it to be fair. And unfortunately, right. it's never going to be fair. It's going to be a popularity contest or, uh, you know, who looks the best and not performs the best. So, um, well, let me check my email. No, I don't have an invite, uh, but, I, but I didn't expect one either. So it's just like, it is what it is. Um, right. But yeah, the wild card thing kind of sucks because you, you're telling people 
if you get in the top three, you get to go to Giants Live. But also, you can get any other place. If we like you, you can go. It's like yeah, if you're in school sucks. and you're like, if, if you get 90% or more correct, you get an A. But I'm also going to give an A to another student who just put their name at the top of the test. Right. And that's how I feel about some of that wild card stuff. And I get it's a sport, but like that just grinds my gears so much. I, I can't even tell you, and I'm, that's probably that's probably what you talk now because I'm just that is. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, well, I mean, I might go on, on a little bit too because you know my my experience is you know I'm I'm kind of similar you know have a similar mind on that 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 the politics and the favoritism gets a little old sometimes. You're right. I mean, it seems like in the United States, but it, it's a little bit more pervasive than my experience overseas. You know, overseas seems they, they seem to be a little bit more. Uh, bipartisan if you will right more fair really? and yeah uh that's been my experience i mean there might still be a little bit of, of favoritism but it's not to the same extent that i've experienced in the u.s but but like you said at the end of the day you know i think uh, one of the things that strongman probably struggles with the most is 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 uh you know having the audience and unfortunately as you or you know you alluded to or really kind of explicitly say that i guess earlier is that Americans don't care about performance, man. They care about if you can entertain them. That's that's it yeah. at the end of the day. So so the powerful force that's up that we're up against really is much bigger than the sport, I think, yeah. unfortunately. Well, let me kind of – I'll add some of that. I'll go back to because I don't want to forget this point. So um, it's, it's easy for someone to say there's favoritism when they don't do well. It's easy for someone to say there's favoritism when it doesn't go their way. It's easy to say all that. So – Another reason why I had to win is to be able to talk those things. I have to be able to yeah. say clearly there's there's favoritism, but it doesn't matter because, you know, the cream rises to the top. And, yes, it could have gone a different way. You know, who knows? I get hurt. One event changes. I'm mentally out of it. You know, Hine was great. Dan Hughes was great. I mean, they're all great competitors. I, I have nothing negative to say about any of the competitors I competed with. Um, you know, they all – I mean, I don't think I competed with any of the finalists. I might be wrong. Maybe I did an amateur show. I don't remember. I don't think I could be with any of the finalists, at least at 105. Uh, so that was like my first time. And and everybody was you know respectful. No one tried to play any weird mind games. They lied to me about their time that they got on an event. That'd be really stupid, but I've had it happen. Yeah. You know? So, you know, really respectful. But I do think there have been times in certain shows that there's been favoritism. And obviously, I I, I believe, and it's my, of my opinion, that if you're sponsored by certain people or, you know, you get more potentially interviews or people pay travel or do things for you to get to the show, you just get a little bit more advantage. And, and I know it's part of the sport and maybe it's my lack of having sponsors and stuff like that. But like, it, if you don't acknowledge that there is a benefit, like there's definitely a benefit that OSU is in Florida. I live in Florida and I've said sure. it numerous yeah. times as an American, I had an advantage and I told numerous people like a lot of the Europeans, I said, Hey, like, I understand I have home field advantage. You know, if, if this was in your country, it would be run in your format with your implements, your kit, your weigh-in times, probably not in my language, and then I would be at a disadvantage. So I fully respect that. But, yeah, there is favoritism. Hopefully it goes away. It won't. It's about entertainment. So yeah. uh, I had to put out the best entertainment, and I tried really hard to put good entertainment. And I missed the camera a couple times, but I added, you know, I added dumb stuff in there, like hump the farmers. I rode the sandbag. Uh, <laughs> you know, I went super fast with the car, so that was pretty cool. You know, I jumped up on the stone platform as people criticized me. Like, oh, this guy jumps on the stone platform. I'm like, well, yeah, when you do it three times, you can do that, I guess. But, like, yeah. it's just one of those things. Like, I, I, I believe I can add entertainment. It's just no one's given me the equal opportunity to do so. And that's what, like, 
is also frustrating is, is you do well as an athlete and then people assume you're not of their entertainment quality and then they don't invite you. And, and I'll go as far as say, there's a plenty of people that I think if you got to know them, they're great entertainment quality. Like, right. A lot of people didn't give Trey Mitchell a chance early on. Right. He was on a YouTube video. And I thought he was really funny. And I watched that guy's channel like occasionally. So like, I know how that, how that, you know, how his viewers are seeing the channel. And I'm like, man, he's not okay. jokes in there. He played the part they needed to play. It's kind of like this, like, quiet, strong man, but, you know, still funny and still adding, you know, and he's strong. So you get entertainment of him lifting weights. You get a little jokes here and there. You get to see a, his normal life. It's a really yeah. good, you know, way. And the same thing with, like, Wesley Claiborne, Tyler Cotton, like, uh, you know, all uh, Marcus Crowder. Uh, I, I know those are all open guys, but those are guys I think of, like, those guys – don't get the same shake. And like all those guys are, you know, I just talked to Marcus today. He's coming back from tearing, I think both his quads. I can't remember now. He said 400 for a double Viper press. On Viper a press like that was ridiculous. How can, not, how can you not make like a little documentary about that? I mean, I came back from a knee injury. You can't make a documentary of me going through doing an endurance sport, bodybuilding, and then back to strongman. Like what the heck? Yeah. And you all had a documentary when he like broke his finger. Yeah, you know, you know. Like, <laughs> It, it's unfortunate. I think, you know, the world in general is kind of, you know, it, I've, there's always kind of been that phrase, um, you know, it's not what you know, too, you know, <laughs> right? And it's it's unfortunate that, that that's the kind of the, the, I don't know, the way the world operates. But you're right. I mean, you're talking about Wesley Claiborne and, and you know, uh, Marcus Crowder. Um, what was the show here recently? I mean, maybe I think it was World. Even they were inviting. I'm pretty sure it was World's when they they needed to fill a space, and you know they they invited somebody from South America. Nothing against the guy, yeah, right, whatsoever. Very nice but guy. Had, huh? Very nice guy. I actually very met nice. him. Very nice. But but we had we had guys that were probably you know again nothing against the guy that right here in the United States that were probably more deserving um, that were more accomplished athletes. So. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that we we get into that politics and people get overlooked for you know a lack of a lack of uh, social media following or whatever you know whatever it is at the end of the day. Uh, it's a tough a tough break, but John, you've been too quiet, man. I was gonna say <laughs> no. I mean, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, in a click based economy where like views are what brings it in, it's that idea like we've alluded to it like throughout our show and stuff of talking about like it influences how people judge events. It influences how people promote events. It influences who they invite, how they, how it's played up. Because I think it's an interesting thing to see now the format to realize like seeing over like the past decade of like starting to have more of trying to like narrative building and everything of like Eddie Hall's year was very much this narrative building situation and everything. Whereas like, I mean, you could say that possibly about half Thor, but I'm pretty sure he just dominated 2018 regardless of like whether or not there was like a narrative and he, I mean, now he's gotten much bigger and everything, but I think for a while there is that idea of like, it's how, exciting you can be on camera and like how you happen to present things and how active you are and I think that can be a bit of a challenge especially when you're like trying to just have it be about performance and stuff so there are those moments of like I think it's important to be out there and stuff and I think I know eventually it would be great if someone had enough money like if I won the lottery I would like 
tried to do many documentaries about like tons of these people because like on YouTube there are so many great short films that people will make and stuff like one guy forget what his name is but he made one called the power lifter where he's talking about trying to hit 900 pounds or something and it was shot amazingly it's a 15 minute video like those things get views and stuff so that production quality like you kind of need it to be able to like rise to the top but I think like your performance spoke for itself and everything like you can't it do, it doesn't come across as a sore loser or anything to be like look I won the thing I'm not trying yeah. to think what I cool. got the documentaries like I would just like to get yeah. it and I'd also don't want to be a person that says it before I do it you know what I mean I don't want to be like yeah. I already know it's coming like I don't want to be like hey I'm planning to win this title go ahead and send your guys to my house to film me like mm-hmm. that sounds like that sounds worse to me I guess complaining now that you didn't I think if you did your research, you would have figured out, hey, it's probably going to be a good chance that he's going to be in the finals. So we should just go ahead and film a couple segments. Maybe we just film when we get in the Florida, you know, like he's local. Right. We'll so, but yeah, I mean, maybe I reach out. Maybe I do stuff like that. Uh, I'm I not think, taking yeah. other people's airtime. I just want to be like, I want the you know good spectrum of of everyone. Just like on this podcast, I've already been on this podcast twice. That's not really fair to the other people. There's plenty of you know plenty of 105s and open guys that. I think have some good opinions and, and and we're going to talk about topics that are unique, you know, that are going to help other people. So by no means should I be invited a third time on episode 12. We were not saying that you had to come back because you won. So <laughs> yeah, no, we enjoyed having you on. And not I that we wouldn't have you back a second time anyway, but you know, this soon. Yeah. I mean, you want, I mean, you, you yeah. dominated. So, I mean, we had to have you back and, and, uh, but you know, Talking about Thor and, and Eddie, I mean, maybe what you have to do is you gotta, you know, you gotta pick a fight with somebody and publicize it, and then everybody will be. Anyway, we're talking about how like I like Thor more now, so probably what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna forget. At some point, I'm just gonna like, you know, I'm not trying to be blacklisted, but like I'm getting pretty close, I think, um, because I just it just we're a bunch of grown men playing a sport where we already know the rules are fixed, and I love strongmen. I I mean. I mean, obviously, like, I mean, everybody's when you get to that level at OSG, everybody's wanting something, you know, everybody's won, either if it's like a push pull meet in their gym, you know, it right. feels so good to win, not only from a perspective of you doing your best, but I mean, it's nice to know you compare against a couple other people and you're a little bit better than them at Absolutely. X, Y, So it feels so good to like put a performance out like that, that I want to keep doing that because I'm really good at it. But unfortunately, sometimes that sport that I do the performance in has rules that, are not necessarily my favorite. So it's, it's, it's that, you know, it's like going to Walmart. Like I don't want to pay a lot of money, but do I want to support a corporation? And, you know, some people are, are like, Oh, I'm never going to go to Walmart and good for them. Those are the people that never do strongman again. And they yeah. live in the garage and they enjoy it. And then there's people that are like, well, I don't really want to support Walmart, but I also don't want to like pay like three times as much for groceries and my family not eat as much. Those who will go to Walmart. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm somewhere closer to that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to just like fade off in the nowhere you know, when I have this ability, I'm young enough to do it. So sure. I'm, still, I'm still competing. I'm just trying to find the most, you know, fair and best opportunities. And now it's even getting to the point where I think the risk has to be managed with like knowing I'm going to get uh, a chance to gain paid. And it sounds really crappy to say that, like, I don't love the sport anymore, but like it consumes my life already. I coach, I train, everything in my house is, is geared towards, you know, either recovery or, or relaxing or eating or training. So it is, it's my whole life. So it's not, I don't think it's selfish to want money. I, I think that's what has to happen to uh, to mitigate the risk of yeah. what I know can happen in strongman, you know, injuries. Yeah. So. 
like you that. could always possibly just win the CrossFit Games next year and get like oh. half a million dollars or whatever. There you go. You could just dominate. I, just I almost thought he was going to say OnlyFans, and I oh, was no. like, <laughs> no. No, 100%, because I, I send, um, I've sent it to everyone. There's a chart of, like, CrossFit Games pays the top 40 athletes. If you get 40th place on the CrossFit Games, you get $2,250. If you get 20th place, you get $8,800. And then you wow. have shows that aren't actually paying out, apparently, in Strongman. And it's like, the money clearly is there if it's run well and stuff. Like, I think one thing, maybe I just happen to be lucky living near Austin, but there actually are a surprising amount of filmmakers who like will actually help you out for free and stuff. If you know the right people and stuff, like I've had several friends who they're like, Oh yeah, we could film your podcast live. It would be great. And I was like, Oh, it's there. It's in Colorado. Like we couldn't do, I mean, it would be kind of cool to have like my angle be like 4k really awesome. But then it's like, and then right, you get my, like, the right my like, white forehead here. It'd be like, you do have 4K and I can barely, like, you can always <laughs> see the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, but I think there are those things out there trying to, like, have those pairings of, like, looking. Because I'd say for most people, it's like, um, I'd say what helped the Stoltman brothers is, like, living near, like, I think the Mulligan brothers there in Scotland who do amazing YouTube videos and yeah. stuff. Like, if you happen to have the right people, because I'd say the Stolman brothers really don't do beef with anyone or anything. They do decently uh, well, like somewhat. I mean, yeah. I've, I mean, I, if yeah. you, if you're on any, yeah, eventually you find out everybody hates everybody, but <laughs> or, or not everybody hates everybody, but certain clicks don't like other clicks. And then somehow that yeah. click, that click doesn't like this click. Yeah. Whatever. That's why I train by myself. Too much drama. Uh, but uh, I was going to say something. I'm definitely not complaining with the fact mm -hmm. that Strongman is increasing prize money. You know, I, I had the best year as far as prize money, yeah, and technically, in my way, my way of thinking is I've only been back since like August. So, I mean, I still have technically, you know, 12 months to go. And there's a couple more shows that might have a good amount of prize money. So I'm not complaining. It's um, it's more just I know I have to like I would like to know up front what the prize money is as because I'm taking the risk of entering. And I would love if at some point the big names got like a minimum. You know, yeah. like if you told me, like, obviously, I don't want to pay entry fee. That'd be great. So I don't pay entry. And then, you know, you're going to get some production quality out of me. So you just pay like, I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to knock OSU like Linda didn't do a good job. I think you did a great job. I'm yeah. just saying, like, if, if I looked at it from the point of view, how I would like it as an athlete, it'd be, hey, this is how much you could make. OK, cool. And because you're somebody that we think is going to be in the top 10, we're going to go ahead and you know, you're going to do these interviews for us and you're going to sign away your rights to all your likeness and everything else. Like you have to do all the time. And then we're going to pay, you know, no entry. We're going to pay your travel and we're going to give you X amount of, of meal vouchers or, you know, some type of, to offset the cost. So you're basically getting paid. So that incentivizes me to show up because if, if I am one of the best in America and I show up and I get hurt, I make zero, I lose money because I pay the entry. And exactly what happened at Giants Live. I got hurt. I got paid zero. So I trained for, American or potential world record. I got zero dollars and they film me. They have my content and it's on YouTube and it's behind, it's behind paywalls. I'm not saying people go just for me, but my family has. So they've made money and I got zero. So my family and myself are in the negative from that show, even though I did a really high amount. So if you know, I'm going to do well, that's why you put me at the end of the, the athletes order in that event. Cause you knew I was going to be one of the people in the lead. Why didn't you guarantee that I do well? by paying me. And that's what I think it should happen. I think you should know how much prize money you can get and you should know how much you're getting paid to show up. 
And maybe I don't have an agent or need to do something like that. But I think that's where the future of the sport is, is if you want to have your competition be known, like, especially in weight classes, if, if you want to have the weight class be known, yeah, you can jack up the prize money amount and that's going to definitely incentivize it. But I think paying the guys to be there, you know, contacting the people that are best in other countries, like, hey, we heard that you hit a 400 and whatever pound log. And we hear that you do X, Y, or Z. We hear you just won your local title. We know it's going to cost you a lot of money to come over from Russia or wherever other countries. We've decided to pay your way because we want our title to be the most prestigious title it can possibly be. And we're going to pay your way because we think you're going to be in the top 10. Oh, and by the way, this is the guaranteed prize money for a top three. And this coming from someone that knows nothing about all the prize money, all the funding. I'm just saying that looking from the athlete perspective, if someone contacted me and said, Andrew, we really want you to be at America's Strongest Man this year. We're going to pay you a thousand because we want America's Strongest Man to have a high value to the title. And we want to have every one of America's best people there. We're going we're to guarantee you this. And then also the podium gets this. And here are the events 12 weeks out emailed to you and everybody knows yeah that's how i like it set up it, yeah you know I, I, everybody's gonna hate me for what i say on this podcast but that's fine because no no i think you're no you're a, a, a lot of people are, uh, are uh, of, of like mind i think on that andrew and you know i know um anthony Furman. you know his 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 vision and dream for clash was always to be exactly that you know I mean, he talked about it extensively with us when we were at clash the last two years um you know i mean they were kind of the the real first to offer a real cash prize to to the athletes um I mean, he paid you know, me the most before osg yeah so, i mean i'm really appreciative i mean like as much as i'm knocking some of the stuff i or knocking or giving my opinion i i'm very appreciative of of what i won in denver i think that made my top five contest and, and I mean that's Anthony San Lorenzo, and, and uh, he deserves the the real credit there. He's the yes, one that yes, raised yes, that yes. money. Um, so I mean it's a team effort, right? Um, and I think it's the same with all the other um, uh, qualifiers, the the local promoters, the ones raising that money. So give credit where credit's due, of course. Um, but but yeah, I mean Clash, you know, has trying to change the the format because I I mean I agree, you know, one of the big uh, you know kind of from. From the promotion standpoint, um, you know, from the athlete standpoint, yes, I agree with you 100%. From the promotion standpoint, they have to raise the money. In order to get the money, um, there's got to be a, a return on investment for, for sponsors, right? And I think that's where Clash has really been driving, um, you know, their promotion, changing the, the format a little bit to make it more consumable from uh, uh, an audience perspective, quicker shows, one, one um weight class right it's condensed down it's fast it's more entertaining and i you know i think you know in conjunction to get to where you know you you want to be and i think a lot of us would love to see the sport um you know things got to change a little bit continue changing and evolving from that perspective so that we can grow the audience because that audience is where the money is going to really come from not directly from the audience but the exposure for the sponsors the return on investment and and uh, i've always been a firm believer that you know the uh, the the old school standard format is not going to achieve that. Um, there's got to be some changes to where you know there's got to have. It, it doesn't have to be entertaining like WWF entertainment, but you know it's got to be. I'm not sporting. getting tattoos for this. I'm not. Yeah, it's got to be sporting I, entertainment, I right? It's got to be because because I mean even me as an athlete and as a fan as a fan, 
Like, I don't want to watch hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of, of strongman, <laughs> right? I, I don't want to, like, sit there wondering the when the next event's going to start or when when the athlete I want to watch is going to go. Because um, that's, uh, you know, that doesn't make for good entertainment. I agree. I think, I think those are a lot of good points. Another thing I think that more things should start doing, because I noticed when I need to get my strongman corporation membership for next year is, like, now offering people that insurance for like i think it's like 60 or 70 bucks that like covers up to 25 grand in entries like i think promoters and shows need to be doing more things like that because there are a lot of like small one-time insurance fees you can pay that will like take care of your athletes because that's also i mean seeing people get injured at osg and everything you realize if you don't have it health insurance like it's a huge issue and stuff so i think trying to look out for the athletes both financially but also physically of like having those things because you realize how many athletes you you can have a huge injury and it can set you back financially it's harder to recover from all these things that can take you out for potentially years and i think trying to have that financial piece there because i think rogue has clearly proven that if you promote things well and things go smoothly there's a ton of money there and everything because like they're some of the highest paying shows for strongman and stuff and there is like people do want to see these things of i think osg they had the under 80 kg documentary they put on youtube that was really great of like yeah. i think having small things like that to showcase different classes and i think make it relatable and everything because i think there is plenty of money to be made. I'd also pay to like with live streams. If I was following a certain athlete, I would pay a premium to get a push notification when Andrew Clay was ready to go. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Like that would just, yeah, I'd, I'd pay an extra five bucks to get a notification when Andrew Clayton's about to go. It links <laughs> you directly to the show. That would be smart. Yeah. It would be so that's easy deep. too. Yeah. Cause you just have it set up by the rankings. Cause you already know in the system when they're coming up. Just be like, right. send it out. This is your this is your next business venture, John. It's true. As a programmer, just tell me, like, hey, you already have this scoring. You have this list. You know the general time frame. Just send people push notifications. Be like, Andrew Clayton's about to go up. Watch yeah, they have now. the thing for, for marathon running. You could actually send people, like, if they're downloading the app, you can send them, like, praise and stuff like that as they're running. Like, people will run with an app. Yeah. And like it'll be live. So you can like be like, keep going, you're a mile 14. And like they'll hear it if they have it turned on. Yeah. So like I mean, I never That's used awesome. it. But yeah, they have stuff like that. So like imagine if you could do that with, you know, if you could uh we all have our phone out, but like with what there's an app where like you could literally send stuff to your favorite athlete. And like yeah. they may or may not reply, but like it would be like on a on a, a comments thread, you know. So I'm in the back, I'm seeing all these all these comments, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Or like, you know send uh well for me it'd be like send a meal <laughs> like, oh, yeah. thank well, you you should <laughs> also partner up and on top YouTube of that man maybe a portion of the yeah. the fees that they pay goes to the athlete yeah right exactly. i mean we'd be a way to support to help support you you know i've always thought it was kind of weird you know culty with a uh, strongman that having a, a gofundme was always so so frowned upon in a, in a sport where you know we spend so much money and put ourselves at so much risk and there's very it's very hard to get sponsors, but but you better not go ask for anybody for any money. Yes. But um, but I mean, you know, some alternatives there is is for to to allow fans to support uh their athletes by using some kind of app, you know, like this. And 
you know, maybe have a portion go to the athletes would be would be pretty awesome. Strongly fans. <laughs> send them directly but I, th- I think there do need to be those things because i think there is that idea of like having ways to support people and stuff because i think you see a lot of athletes will do it now like having their patreon and stuff like that set up so you can get like people can support you in small ways of like you give something back and everything but i think it is a challenge and everything but i think ideally as it gets better and better i mean you have you can literally watch like youtube debates and stuff where they have super chats where you you have people making thousands of dollars an hour just like people will pay to have comments up there so like once that live stream technology gets better where like it's literally costs like five dollars per minute for your thing to show up there and you'll have people pay like 200 bucks to have their thing up for the whole time like there are these things but yes advertisement Yeah. And I think people need to realize that of like, there is content and there is like, people do want to find ways to support their friends and like the people they love about the sport. So hopefully as it grows, it will continue to do that and everything. And I think it's, it's going forward and everything. It just takes a bit of time. Things are changing. Things are definitely changing. Um, I agree. I mean, you know, again, I mean, I'm going to praise clash a lot. I I think, uh, you know, they've done, uh, I mean, they're kind of a catalyst for things to have changed in in both Strongman Corp and I think OSG too. I mean, you know, I think uh, Anthony put put some big money last year um, for prize money. I've heard even more this year. I mean, I'm it's almost that's what that's the only reason why I want it confirmed because that's like, you yeah. know, how hard do you push? And then if it's what it if what I think it is, it's like all right, we're gonna push pretty hard for that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it takes those, it takes those, uh, you know, those dreamers, I think, and radicals and and people like that to, you know, to be a catalyst for change. And, you know, hopefully it continues to change and get better. And, you know, the future, I think, is it looks good at this point. So, you know, hopefully it continues to improve. I've always been a a cup half empty type person. So it probably most of my comments <laughs> sound like I'm not appreciative, but yeah, uh, I actually ha- have a mentorship for business. And so I just turned 30 and I was reflecting on just like where my life is. And honestly, like, I mean, I get paid to teach people a sport that's niche and I get to compete in that sport. I get to be relatively good in my weight class and I get to make money doing it. Yeah. I mean, I've probably broken it. So like, while I'm quote unquote complaining about some of the things I don't like when I sit back and I think about it, most of it's things I really like, you know, like I get to be around like, like when we talk about fans, you know, I, I have a bunch of clients and then people that know my clients and then know me and, you know, all the mutual stuff. I mean, the, the number of messages and people, you know, I have some people give me some gifts for travel. I never asked for it. Yes. It's just there are people that are doing nice things. And I never thought my life would be where I was doing, you know, in school, people thought I was dumb to train strongman and, and not, you know, not do X, Y or Z. And now I make more money doing that than the job that they thought I, was, I should do. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for Strongman. I'm just someone who wants to keep seeing and get better. And as an athlete, I would love to, you know, I'm not going to be NFL type money, but I'd love to be somewhere closer towards the NFL type money as far as like, you know, you get paid just to be there. You get paid yeah. just to entertain. You know, your you know, your contract says, hey, you have to stay around an hour after to meet everyone. No problem. No problem. Just bring me a meal. I'll eat it while I'm talking to him. No problem. Yeah. You know, if those are things that I'm like 100% willing to do. I mean, I try really hard to answer every DM I get. Uh, assuming it's in English and uh, not a bunch of heart emojis on one of my selfies from someone I'm not interested in. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much. I mean, I try really hard because I know that's part of what what people want. And right, as John said, it, there are probably tons of people that would just want to send me a quick one-off question for five ten dollars. It'd be the same thing as is sending something at a contest to you know to if every athlete had like five ten minutes after the show and and it's live and they people just you know a bunch of quick you know throw questions up on the board. You have to pay for it. There are people that are going to do that instantly. They yeah. oh, let me ask you about that. Done. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Over and over and over. So, but yeah, yeah let's not talk about. <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about the the problems of strongman all day. I mean, I, I just want to make sure we we end on we do some positive stuff too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, dude, dude. I mean, I, I believe you know. I believe it's all it, it, we can't we can't improve, and if we don't have constructive conversations, you know, and you know, it, it doesn't have to be. It, it, it's not necessarily complaining. It's it's recognizing that there are areas uh, of that that could use change, right? And and in order to you know identify that, you know we got to talk about it. Now that's kind of where you know this podcast originally sort of started was with that idea that you know there's hard there's hard conversations, right? I mean we called it strong opinions, you know, to be kind of controversial, but you know at the end of the day our goal is is to to have you know some of the hard conversations and. And and start identifying areas that need change and and talking about it and how we can change it and how we can improve. So so yeah, I don't I don't think it's complaining as much as recognizing. You know, I've been in the sport for 14 years. You know, of course I'm not nearly as accomplished as you are, but you know I love the sport, the sport as well. For 14 years. Have you? No, I'm saying you've been in the sport 14 years. It's Anyone actually more than 14 now. It, it my first competition was in 2008, early 2008. Right. So, so you've been longer than me. You've been longer than me, and you're like, I'm not as accomplished. I in anyone that's got that 15 years, I don't even care if you were doing freaking a 200 pound atlas. No, you did strongly for 15 years. Accolades, like, OG. Accolades. Well, I haven't, I haven't won the titles <laughs> you have. Let, let's put it that way. Um, you know, I've got my own personal accomplishments, of course, right? Um, you know, there's certain things, aspects, like you said, longevity is an accomplishment in itself. But, but my point is, is that I can't. You know, we care about the sport. Right. We love the sport. We care about it. We care about, you know, the direction, um, you know, of course, you know, I'm kind of like you two after after this many years and, and as much money as I spent, you know, I, I, it would be nice to start getting a little a little bit back. Right. I mean, because I've pumped a lot into the sport and um, yeah, it would be nice to get to that point. Does, does that mean that I that I hate that I'm mad at everybody at promoters? No, no. It just means that, you know, my my motivation has changed over time. Yeah. So, okay. I think it's kind of like, uh, and, and John, please interrupt me. Cause I, I know you've got something you're thinking about, uh, like with, uh, you know, we see a lot of like bigger, like NFL athletes would be another good example. You see them, everybody loves them. They adore them. And then like their, their core life or their central life or their like home life or whatever you want to call it is crap. You know, they don't have, actual people that care about them or like that they care for, you know, it's a very facade type thing. And I think in some ways, maybe I'm like the opposite. So maybe I come across on this podcast a certain way, or even on how I celebrate the contest and like, yeah, that's like Andrew, the athlete mode, you know? Um, but when I'm not in Andrew, the athlete mode, I, I'm, I try to be a really, really compassionate coach. I'm, I'm getting better, at, you know, at being just like a, a better person in general, but you know, I mean, I have, brothers and parents and and family I care about and you know from like a more local perspective I mean I, I have some kids I train that I mean I, I would give them I mean I would just I would do whatever for them because they remind me of myself 
And so like, I really don't, I've, be, I've begun not to care as much about what people think on the internet and my opinions, because quite frankly, they never gave me anything anyways. You know, like the kid I'm helping deadlift, like who just sent me a video of him doing like, you know, four plates and he's a teenager and he like smoked it and says, Hey, do you think I have more? I'm like, yeah, you can do that for three. Like that right there is going to give me way more gratification than hearing from someone else on their opinion or whatever. So, you know, as long as whatever I do in the sport can help other people. And, you know, that's why I try to push, you know, I talk about mental health. You know, we talk about an athlete getting hurt. You know, I, I, I help push that GoFundMe because I don't know, for whatever reason, whether you agree with GoFundMe or not, injuries suck. And even if you have insurance, guess what? You can't work. You yeah. Can't work. And you're laid up and you're depressed. So you're telling me I can't send a guy $20 to, you know, be, you know, be able to buy some candy to feel good about himself or to buy a book. Like it's just, it's mind blowing. Yes. But, uh, but yeah. If, if people don't like my opinions on this podcast or on my social media, that's fine because I know what I'm doing, you know, behind the scenes and who I am and I'm doing things that I'm trying to help people and talking on a podcast or stuff you post on Instagram is just, it's smoke. It doesn't do yeah. anything. So, yeah. I mean, and I think some of it's with age too, man. I mean, the older you get, the less you care about shit, you know, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully neither one of us end up being the guys with his dick out in the, in the locker room. He doesn't care at all anymore. <laughs> but, but you know, I, you know, that's kind of what I know. Is the older I get, the less I care about it, you know, because you can't please everybody, right? Uh, you're never going to please any everybody. And, and you know, that's when John and I kind of started off with this. We're like, you know, are we going to be, are we going to end up being hated or liked? And I'm like, you know, either it, it, one way or it, you know, it's going to happen one way or the other. It's out of our control. And if they don't, if people don't like it, then. They don't like it, but but you're gonna have people that do, right? You're gonna have yeah. you're gonna have haters, and you're gonna have people that love you. I mean, that's just uh, just the way life is, and you gotta focus on what you can control and let go of the rest. I also, I mean, it's interesting when you talk about having. Hey, John, like can I ask it. you a question to add to, add to your thing too, though? Yeah. Tell us if, if if the podcast is hated or liked. I want to know your opinion. Are you guys hated or liked? I think I think some people like us. I think we have a decent amount of people. <laughs> That's such a guarded uh, answer. <laughs> I mean, no, I I think we haven't gotten any really negative feedback yet. Okay. And everything other than like my coworkers who they're like, you guys film with terrible audio quality and video quality. And I was like, oh, that's what we're working with. Like, because I think that's the main thing is I think people like it. I mean, people have asked us to do merch. And I think that was kind of leading to what I was saying when you talk about NFL. I don't understand why OSG, they could, in the months leading up to it, take pre-orders for shirts that they'll ship out like two weeks before the event, where you can mm. get an Andrew Clayton shirt, OSG 2022. Don't call you choose your size and color. Like, yeah, you can, yeah, you could do design a merch thing. Shirts are like anywhere from five to eight bucks a piece, sometimes 10 or more, but have the athlete get half of it and they get half. And it's a way to support things. And I don't understand why. The NFL is great because they merchandise everything. Whereas it's weird with strongman, you have all these big things, and it's like, who's doing the merch? Like there are, you can't. Who's doing the, the merch? Yeah, like there <laughs> isn't like you know, jerseys. I've always caveated right in in on the yeah. show here that, um, you know, the caveat is is that we have opinions, but we still have to have some consideration that that not only is there really no money in the sport for athletes, there's not a lot of money in the sport for the vast majority of promoters either. And so they're working on very, you know, tight budgets, few resources, you know, in some cases they're, you know, it's just one or two of them managing the entire show until the day of, right. Then the volunteers show up and help, right. Of course. But, um, 
yeah, there's only so much that, that some of these guys can really do on their own. Um, but yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, I agree. It would be great if we can get to that point, but we need to get more money in the sport so that not only the athletes, uh, benefit, but the promoters should benefit too, for all the hard work they do. So should the, so should the volunteer, we, we shouldn't have volunteers. <laughs> we should be paying yeah, the people to yeah. do the most work at, at the shows. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it all comes down to this. There needs to be more viewership and, I guess as an athlete, it's just you don't know if you're doing your job because no one's told me like I have a performance review or anything. It's just right. when I go out there, I try to do the best performance. So I guess in some ways, like yeah, the athletes can you know your Instagram stuff like that. You can push the links and advertise and stuff like that. Maybe I didn't do as much for that because I kind of didn't want people to know how ready I was for the show. But like I feel like that might not be my responsibility. Like I shouldn't. Like there should be different departments of it you know so my my job is to bring the best product and that's like there will always be my opinion as the athlete i'm bringing the best product you right. you monetize advertise you know create the documentary of at one time it was going to be you know three returning champions at osg you know 105 that would have been insane like if you can't yeah. monetize yeah. that you know sure. that would have been crazy but uh but yeah as an athlete i, I don't feel it's my it's not it hopefully isn't my responsibility forever. But right now it is kind of my responsibility of like yeah. making sure all my people subscribe to the feed and all my family and stuff like, it's kind of like multi-level marketing, I guess. Uh, you, yeah. you know, that's the thing. They, they should be treating you as a partner though. Like very much your business partner. Like it's one of the few things where like you're the star of the show, but you're paying to do it. And in many but, ways- But like, everybody, at OSG, everybody at OSG is a yeah. star because it's, it's such a, it was a high volume show. When it's like Rogue Invitational, that's like when- you're like a business partner because you're one of 10 and you're providing entertainment quality, like very high entertainment quality, like, right. like Martins, like even though they got hurt, yeah. you know, there are people that literally just want to tune in to see Martins and him just yeah, do that, yeah. you know, Martins, that's all they tune yeah. in for. They just want to see their guy do that, you know, his thing, you know, mm -hmm. and whether he got first or what do you get third, it didn't really matter. And they just want to see their person they watch on YouTube and the content, yeah. they, you know, they want to see yeah. him you know live and they paid for it so there is a different you know there is a different vibe with the guys uh, you know at the very top you know the open guys you know at the rogue invitational and world strongest man because you're right um there's a lot of athletes that don't even make the finals but have have a tremendous following right are still getting paid in some way or another and i think you know john talks about this has talked about it a lot on the, on the podcast is you know, uh, self-promotion, um, having the YouTube, having the, the content and, and maybe, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of reiter reiterating what John has said that it's not always qu quantity, it's quality, right. Um, to really gain that following. And that's something that I agree is really hard for me too. It's not my forte, <laughs> not my forte at all to, to come up with, um, uh, you know, good content every day. Um, it's really important, I think, to, to you know, that's where the team really becomes a, a big part of it is you got to have good people behind you and you have to have people that, you know, want to help you uh, succeed in those goals. And that's that's that, you know, unfortunately, for you know, if we're not making a lot of money and everybody around us has to work, you know, it's a lot, a lot of additional responsibility on everybody. Unfortunately, it's tough. It's really a hard position to be in if you want to grow you know, grow your brand, so to speak. We do have to wrap up soon because I have a slightly limited time, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I think we think. I did know well um, beyond an hour. Yeah. yeah, 
Andrew, uh, what what all advice do you want to give to like the listeners? How how can they help you, but also help people you know? Oh, um, you know, uh, I don't like accepting compliments and help. It's something I'm, I'm really good at. But I think I just always like pass it forward. You know, like I had some clients who sponsored me, and because of that, I was able to help someone else. And because that person gets help, who knows what they're going to do? You know, they're able to pay an entry fee for someone else, and you know, it, it all comes around eventually. Um, and I think uh, as much as there's rivalries and things I'm upset about and things like that, I think I still understand no matter how, uh, again, no matter how upset or frustrating, at the end of the day, we're the only people that know how it feels to do what we do. So when people get injured and, and I, I see that they get injured or stuff like that, like I still love them as like a, as my peer, you know? I mean, it it's crushing to see people get injured or hurt or, or not be able to perform well. So whether we – butt heads and we hate each other's opinions on the politics of sport at the end of the day if you get hurt or you know something's going on i'm going to care about you just as much as anyone else because like you do the thing i do and you and you're the, one of the only people that understands like what it takes to do it so i guess i'll end it with that is just like pay it forward it comes around uh, i guess it goes for anything um and it's okay to be competitive and kind of dislike people sometimes but uh even like uh Mr. MJ there, he still had respect for everyone. It's just he just wanted to beat everyone. And uh, I think yeah, at the end of the day, you know, what makes great athletes great athletes is they had rivalries, but it didn't mean they didn't like each other. I like the rivalries and people I go against because they made me who I am. And without them, there's no me. So I guess that's my way of also saying thanks to all, all my competitors at OSG and, and throughout my time in Strongman is, uh, is there's, there's no one I can't think of I came in contact with, like going back to Scott Helms. You know, at the time, I thought he was being a jerk to me as a judge and promoter of that contest. And now he's someone that gave me a, a core school. So it's, it, it, it all makes me who I am. All the people, you know, whatever. I'm just rambling now. I'm rambling. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good positive note. That's a good positive note to end on, I think. Um, <laughs> you know, camaraderie camaraderie is what, what kept what uh, got me to stay in the sports, what really attracted me to it. Um, and I, you know, I think that, that that's one of the, the great things about strongman is, is that, you know, we can be rivals at the sport, but still be, um, you know, each other's biggest fans sometimes, right. We can still help each other, um, and still have empathy for every, you know, each other. So, um, yeah, the camaraderie of strongman is an amazing thing. Yeah, I think it's good. That's a good note to end on, but I also think the important thing is, like actually supports people in the sport of like, if you can like small things of like interacting with people's comment, like content, like comment on people's posts, like help them grow. Even if you can't give people money of like, we do have a Patreon for the show and like anchor FM, you can support us. And, uh, but like you can support everyone in small ways of like subscribe, like actually interact with it. Like do these things like you would do for your friends, because it's, it's really just like these small things of like, the click-based economy, like liking and interacting with someone's content is a way that you can help them out. If you're like, if you don't have a way to help out someone financially, sharing their stuff, interacting with it, that can go a long way for just overall exposure. But also when you do see people's GoFundMes, it's not the end of the world to give someone five bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks. Like, I mean, you don't necessarily have to give everyone $50 because I used to do that and it does actually add up. So, <laughs> so you like, but do these things of like, 
help people out where you can, because at the end of the day, that's the only way this is going to be sustainable of like put money in there the same way you would buy like NFL jerseys are remarkably overpriced if people buy them, like buy people's merch at VPN of like, I bought Luke Davies, like I, I saw two sweatshirts, like, yeah, I was like, I don't have I one of his cool original ones. shirts, like, like before they got to be really comfortable, his like, it, I don't know where it is, original dry fits. Yeah. First first run he ever did back in like 2016 or 17. That Gildan yeah. Cotton. Yeah. No, not Gildan. It was a dry oh. fit. It's just it, oh, right. yeah. the print. It you oh, know, nice. it, it doesn't print as well on dry fit because of the material kind of like it kind of stretches. Yeah. But I think, yeah, but like support those people in those small ways of like you realize so many of these people, I think we kind of envision that they're living lavishly, or like because we see them, you're like, oh. And then you realize they're just people like they have bills to pay. They have all these things of some of the people, even at the top, when you find out behind the scenes, you're like that money go, does go. But when you're paying for businesses and your staff and everything, like it doesn't go as far as you would think when you're trying to have a whole team that you're supporting. So I think actually support the sport, like support the things that you like, and maybe don't spend so much money on the NFL and like things like that. They have plenty of money already. <laughs> Now, oh, now Instagram is going to like block us from all the NFL The NFL draws like fourteen billion dollars a year in endorsements, man. I think, I think we could, the yeah, we, could use, we could use like a million of that and be be pretty well. <laughs> we need, a, we need a, a beer for the NFL, uh, a beer for strong man or something. Not that I even drink beer, but like that's what we need. You know, there's like, a beer and like smoke pro- and tobacco product and. I mean, we already have CBD. Too much of that. I'll be honest. I don't think we can advertise tobacco products though anymore. I think I don't that's think you can anymore. technically illegal. I, oh, if someone signs okay. up, I was, try, we, I, I was trying I, to think of the things that like wouldn't even go as strong, and somehow we could get money out of it. I think we could advertise yeah. weed, but not tobacco. McDonald's, sure. yeah. McDonald's sponsors Olympians. So yeah, McDonald's sponsor or endorsement, we're we're set. Oh, we should. Okay. Yeah. The and I know. I mean, that's that's all it's going to take, right? And but yeah. but um, Wesley Claiborne's going to bring it. I, I know he's going to do it. He's, he's going to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Any last words? What's that? Do you have any yeah, last words? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. 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 Uh, if you guys want to follow me, I'm at, at Running Strongman, uh, and my business is First Called Strength. Um, but like I said, please be nice to people. Please donate to people. And if you're not going to donate to a GoFundMe, just mind your business because no one wants to hear it save your money and give it somewhere else and we don't make and and i don't you don't hear the opinions about how you waste your money so don't worry about how i'm spending my money on a gofundme thank you yeah okay. <laughs> thanks for